Hello and welcome to Rock and Realities. Our guest today is the great Chef Mesro from the Chef Mesro Band. Please enjoy the interview. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Hello. Hey, hey. You guys hear me? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. Oh, I like your t shirt, Lily. Oh, yes. My dad gave it to me. <laughs> it's too big for me, but it's cool. <laughs> Unbelievable. You know, my one of my daughters wears that as pajamas. <laughs> he also he also gave me oh, he gave me all of these. Oh my god! Okay. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Hey, I'm sorry, I forgot your name. Uh, uh, Lily, brother, what's your name? Uh, my name is Vince. Is what? Vince. Vincent. Vince. Yeah. Hey, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you too. Where are you guys? Uh, we're in Bavaria, uh, Bavarian forest. Ah, okay. So near near Liederbrunne. Exactly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> cool. Hey. I'm, I'm home now because with the lockdown, it doesn't make sense for me to be in Munich, so I'm home. Right. Got it. Yeah. Lockdown. <laughs> unbelievable, right? It's a, it's it's been like nothing but unbelievable shit for the past year. So I guess that's you know, it's just part of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So should we talk about your new album? Uh yeah, sure. We could we could talk about the album. We could. Uh, uh, you mean this? Yes, exactly. <laughs> uh, sure, you know, um, maybe maybe I should back it up though a little and just start, you know, how I got to Germany and stuff because it's kind of an interesting story, you know. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I, you know, I, I was born in Chicago and uh, south side of Chicago in 1954. And then, then when I graduated high school, I hitchhiked to Boston and played in a a shitload of bands and uh, a good buddy of mine, Rick, uh, Rick Colo, he, uh, he moved to New York, pretty close by. Um, and he met a German tourist at a gig he was playing in Greenwich Village and fell in love and moved to Germany. And then he called me up and said, hey, you wanna come? I, I, we can get, all, they love the kind of music we play here. Can just come on over, we'll do a bunch of gigs. So that's what happened. and. You know, that was 1991 and um, sort of been back and forth a little bit, but pretty much living here, moved to Berlin and, and with my wife, uh, Ava, in um, 2004 to do the Blue Man Group. Been doing that ever since until lockdown and, um, and still touring with Mez, which I call the Jeff Mesro band now because uh, we've had so many members come and go, you know, it's like, so just called it Jeff Mesro band. And, um, and yeah, we, uh, we recorded this record and our last gig, I think I sent you a, uh, one of the songs we played at our last gig was Goldfinger, dedicated to the, uh, the nightmare in the White House because uh, he loves only gold. And um, that was our last gig at the Village Club, also in Bavaria, which is uh, another place like Robinson, um, incredible like 
hippie-ish sort of vibe or just people who want to get a good vibe and have a good time and listen to music. And that was our last gig. I think it was March 6th or something. And then we went to Switzerland where, I mean, the, all these gigs were like, you know, not too many people because people had already started getting scared. <clears throat> but uh, it was, uh, that was, we were starting to sell, but everybody who was there bought CDs and it was like, oh, this is great. We'll have this paid for in no time. And then boom, everything locked down. So, so yeah, I mean, um, the CD is, um, is uh, very political in nature, which is something new for me because um, most of my stuff has just been about life experience, love, heartache, whatever, you know. But the past um, four years with Trump, it was uh, it's sort of impossible to ignore the shit show, you know. And um, so a lot of the stuff written on the record here, I mean, you know, most of the songs are about that, like, Killing the Truth, which I think the title says it all. I think that, that you know, in American politics, the truth, you know, with Donald Trump is the, is the head of the, the nation. The truth has just died, you know? It's like, where is the truth? And uh, anyway, on and on, a lot of songs about that. And second song, Sap. Do you know what a sap is? I'm not sure because, uh... In Bavaria, Sepp is a nickname for Joseph. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Somebody who just believes whatever you say. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's, about, it's about the financial situation where, you know, like um, people pay taxes and, and the wealthy don't pay any taxes and the wealthy are getting so much more wealthy that it's pretty much like aristocracy or nobility now they have so much more power than anybody and um you know it's like the french revolution people you know i i don't want it to get that far i don't want to see like guillotines you know because that's what it will come to if if they don't stop this you know just unbelievable disparity of income like you know i don't know i heard this figure like a ceo when i was a kid in the 60s earn 30 times more than a worker in his uh, company. And now a CEO earns 300 times what the average worker earns. So how can that be right? How can that be fair? 300 times. So if a guy makes 10, 10 bucks an hour, the CEO is making what, 3,000? Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely not fair. Uh, yeah, that can't be fair. And that can't lead to good things. It's just going to lead to violence. Like you see in, in Washington, people start just freaking out. They, they, can't, they can't digest life anymore, you know? Cheers. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> ah. But, you know, um, I don't know. You know, like going back, I, I was so, um, you know, blown away by uh, the blues. I grew up in Chicago. So it was kind of in the air and I saw all those guys like, you know, Muddy Waters and, and um, Howlin' Wolf, B.B. Uh, King, Albert King, Otis Rush, met Albert King many times. Albert King played at my high school graduation. Oh, that's cool. It was really unbelievable. You know, I, I was uh, instrumental in getting him there and uh, it wasn't, you know, we had a huge high school 
And uh, so we had the money to do it. I mean, we had like 4,000 kids. So, so it was a real like, like high school you see on one of these TV shows, you know. Anyway, so he played and, and, uh, and I, I had a, everybody had a white suit on. And, you know, the girls wore dresses and all the boys had white suits with a, with a flower, like a carnation here. So I walked up to him, he's a really tall guy, and I was like, Mr. King, you know, you are my hero. Because he's my favorite guitar player of all time. You're my hero. He's a big guy, you know. I just wanted to tell you that, you know, it's such an honor having you here. And he's really big. He's got a really deep voice. And his eyes were almost not open. He's looking down at me, he goes, I envy y'all <laughs> because you're so white. And it was like, ooh. You know, it, and it was a play on the, on the fact that we were wearing white suits, but also that they, they were, we were almost all white people. Yeah. It's pretty heavy duty. And uh, the shit goes on today. It's, it hasn't stopped. It's the same old, same old ball game, you know. But anyway, the blues, you know, just, just clobbered me. But like so many guys from my generation, it took the fucking Brits to bring it over to America. Here I was growing up in Chicago. And who turned me on to the blues but the fucking Rolling Stones, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so, so ironic. And it was like all the song, you know, the early songs like killed me. And, you know, of course, satisfaction was enormous. But this one. Well, I told you once, I told you twice. Never listen to my advice. Like that, and I, I was hypnotized immediately. You know, the Beatles were like awesome, but that was like fucking voodoo, you know, take your clothes off. <laughs> Fuck, what are they doing, you know? So that, that's pretty much what got me going. And, uh, and you know, played, played shows when I was in high school, made more money than I made many times later in life because the economy was so different that you could actually get paid, you know. I think my first gig was $100. I got $100. And it was just, you know, I got my mom's car, drove to the high school, set up in the gym, played and went home and I got $100. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, times have changed. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> we didn't get that much at our first show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a hundred dollars then is worth you know five hundred now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's like, and, and but you know, but then of course it got hard when it, you know trying to earn a living doing that is. You know, there were many times in Boston where I lived a long time where, where things got pretty tight. I had to like move furniture or rent landscaping, dig holes in the ground or some shit like that, and, which wasn't bad. You know, I don't mind that kind of stuff, but. Of course, I always came back to, I mean, I was always, always just to subsidize playing music. Anyway, yeah. Uh, we're, you know, I'm just looking forward to getting back and, and, and playing gigs. I've been in touch with clubs, you know, but nobody knows when or how. So mm -hmm. uh, I had a gig here in Berlin on, on January 24th at a cool club called B-flat. And uh, of course, obviously that's not gonna happen. Yeah. So I'm gearing up for playing outside in springtime. 
Yeah, it would be great to see a live show again. It's been so long since I've seen a band play live. When, when did, it must have been when, the 90s or something, last time? And <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, no, was it, was it, was it the leader of Bune? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't remember. Yeah, no. it's been a while. Yeah. 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 Well, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to coming back down there and playing um, the places we play and getting back to um, doing it regularly. So when you come back to Bavaria, you have to let us know so we can come see you. Sure. We used to play an awesome place in Munich um, called Feuerwerk. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, is it still there? I think so, yes. That was a cool place, another kind of hippie, hippie establishment. I mean, that's, that's also changed, you know, the shit in Germany has changed dramatically since I first came. People were really idealistic and um, a lot of people had like, you know, a lot of principle and thinking about doing the right thing and stuff. And you know the environmentally conscious nature of the country, and and the whole just righteous trying to do the righteous thing, you know, which I think still exists to to a large degree. I mean, you, you can only look at a Angela Merkel and at Donald Trump, and you know, <laughs> I mean, I, I think the comparison's pretty obvious. But but back then, I really found like a lot of the venues we played, the, the people were just so like like open arms, you know, like, hey, you know, and wanted to talk and, and you know, like, uh, and, and that's still the same, but I think people are under a lot more pressure today, uh, financially and um, socially in a lot of ways that, that Germany was sort of um, free of when I first came over here in the early 90s. I don't know, you guys have grown up here, so. Maybe you don't know changes, but you or I don't know what it was like in the nineties because I wasn't alive. <laughs> <laughs> oh come on! Uh, well, let me tell you, way back in the old nineties, it was. No, I don't know. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, we'll we'll play in Bavaria again. It's awesome. It's awesome playing there. And I, we can do a get a we can do a frush, frush noop or whatever it is on a Sunday morning. <laughs> what, yeah. is Saturday night? what is it? Uh, frush open. Frush open. Frush open is when you drink beer in the morning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> frush open. It's like it's like early topic. Wait a minute. No. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I'll give you an example of how Germany's changed. When I first came here, I was freaked out when I was, I was like, okay, I'm going to go do something. And then, oh no, the shit is closed. Everything's closed. I'm like, what? And then, oh, we opened again at two. And then, um, you know, I can't get a fucking meal. I can't get lunch because, oh, we closed. Sorry. You know, like, what? And then Sunday, <laughs> Sunday, Saturday afternoon, everything's closed and Sunday. And I think that now, having lived here, you know, and now in Berlin for, uh, what, 15, it'll be six, wait, 16 years. Um, I, I kind of, I, I still hate that because I love going out anytime and fucking getting what I want. <laughs> but, uh, 
but you know um i understand it now i'm sort of like okay that's for people who work in stores or restaurants why should they have to fucking work all the time and it's so much pressure you know uh puts economic pressure on everybody so i kind of get it now yeah and you get used to it we're used to everything being closed on sundays so yeah right yeah so uh, yeah i mean I, i should say a couple more words oh you know you can order the cd on lametta-music.com. That's the record company. It's a small record company here in, in Berlin. Or you can just go to jeffmesroband.com and order it. And it's um, 15 measly bucks. Very reasonably priced. Uh, and um, yeah, I don't know. There's some stuff that was highly arranged that we went in and just knew exactly what we we're going to do. And there's like studio jams on there that are really taken way out. Like the song Ready to Spring um, is, you know, just sort of happened. We were yeah. in there and it just sort of, whoa, okay, that's what we did. <laughs> and, uh, and I love that aspect of it too. Um, uh, oh, Pawning the Planets, the, the name of the CD, and I should just play a little of that song. And I don't, do you know what pawning means? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Maybe you can explain it to uh, whoever's watching because it's, it's a, <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a li lie house, right? Like lie, lie house. Uh, yeah, font house. Font house. Font house, lie house, yes. So, you know, the level of cynicism uh, from the leaders, like, like particularly the American leaders like Trump about the environment, It's just like, it's, they're shitting on our planet, you know? And, and, uh, and so I, I had to write something about that because there are these, these, these issues that come and go, you know, like I mentioned, financial stuff that's crazy. Uh, and there's, issues, you know, like Trump, like, like the, the erosion of democracy, like how things are really, we're in danger of losing what we have. And, uh, and then there are these eternal things like racism, you know, that this just keeps coming, never goes away. And then there's this, this relatively new issue of, of uh, environmental destruction. And um, that is, you know, sad to say, it might even be the most important thing because the, you know, the way they're going, they might make the planet unlivable. So anyway, so I wrote this song called uh, Pawning the Planet. It's come from sitting up on this stool, you know. Well, now the creeping, the grabbing, the power, the the bond, Backstabbing, posturing, and this black, the glaciers melting, it's falling, deniers keep stalling, what's the plan? It's planet falling, the planet falling, the planet falling, well now I can't see. What the doing to you? 
And our children of the public trust, bringing out the worst in us. Emotions rising, it's sprawling. Politicians yawning. What's the plan? It's planet home. Yeah, like that. It's a great so, song. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, and it's. Uh, I thought of it because you know it's a title track of the record, and it's a, you know, Trump will go away and hopefully cease to exist soon, uh, but that topic is just going to be like with us, and and if you treat that topic lightly, you know, it can make the planet into a very very sad place. So. So that's why I named it that. <laughs> yeah, I think we all have to work together and try to make, uh, try to stop the climate change and try to make this planet a healthy planet again. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, well, I don't know. Anything else you guys want to talk about today? The quality of sparkling <laughs> water? Oh, good. <laughs> Uh, I got one question. Uh, did you ever get the chance to play or jam with some of those old blues guys you talked before? Well, not some old blues guys, but a couple uh, soul guys. Um, uh, Sam and Dave. Do you know who they are? Yeah. And um, and I played. A, that was just like sitting in. But then I played a whole night with the Drifters as a as a, a pickup guitar player. They needed a guitar player. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know if you know who the Drifters were, but they had, uh, they had some really great songs like, Under the Boardwalk, we'll be having some fun. Under the Boardwalk, we'll be fun. That one, you know? Yeah, I know that. They had a lot of big hits. Anyway, it was, uh, that was an amazing experience because, you know, set up and, and then they come out like completely with the suits on. This was like in the 80s. They come out with like all this on and um, and start doing that, you know, dance thing. And and then what really blew me away was, I mean, the vocals were incredible, but they had a, a true bass vocalist. And it was coming through a big fat ass PA. And, and when he did under the bowl, I mean, the whole room shook, you know, and, and he had a deep voice. I mean, you rarely encounter, you know, people who are true bass singers. And so that was a real experience. And then, um, you know, I, I really missed the opportunity with Albert King because I met him a few times. After that, I was playing uh, in Greenwich Village and, uh, and he was playing across the street at a place in the village. And I just met him on the street. And I was like, Mr. King, you know, do you remember me, you know, from that high school prom. And, and he was like, oh yeah. And I, I mean, I'm sure he didn't. Yeah. <laughs> but, but being the cocky, well, I mean, not even cocky, just idiotic kid I was. I was like, can you come and sit in with my band? 
<laughs> instead of me asking him, can I just come up and play some rhythm guitar for you? He's like, well, you know, I'm kind of busy tonight. I was like, instead of thinking fast on my feet and go, oh, oh, well, maybe I could just come and sit in with you. Yeah. And then um, Buddy Guy and Junior Wells, um, they, um, they were on tour. This, this must have been, this was a long time ago, like around 1980. And um, the drummer in my band was a guy from Louisiana uh, named Jesse Green. He was a black guy who moved to Chicago when he was 16. And he was a drummer. And he had played with, I mean, everybody. With Buddy Guy and Junior Wells, he played with them. And he played with um, Albert King and, and Otis Rush, who was another hero. Anyway, Jesse, they called Jesse because they were like, like Chuck Berry and a lot of these guys, they had regional bands where they would have, you know, like a band for the Northeast and just a pickup band. And they called Jesse and said, can you play drums in our pickup band? And of course, Jesse knew all their stuff and he played. And so I went to their sound check and um, anyway, um, uh, uh, I was a huge, I'm, I'm a huge fan of both of them, but Buddy, uh, but Junior Wells, I'm an enormous fan of, they both passed away now, but Junior Wells was a harp player and he um, played a really distorted harp and he would go, you know, like, um, you know, play a riff and then, and, you know, he'd do a lot of moaning and stuff. And then he did this thing. I don't know. I can't do it loud. There's some people that can really do that loud. You know what I mean? And he was one of them. So he'd play a riff and then he'd go. Anyway, so he came and sat at the table and where I was sitting after their sound check and, and, and he's like, Jesse introduces us like this. This is Jeff, the guitar player I'm playing with. And, uh, and uh, Junior, Junior Walker goes, hey man, let me buy you a drink. And I'm like, wow, okay. You know, I didn't even know what to call him. Could you call him Junior? You know, I mean, he's, he's already not a young man, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Anyway, we had a drink and then he's like, um, and then I was, hey, you know, I'm, I'm such a huge fan of your playing and I particularly like, you do that thing where you go, and, uh, and he was like, oh yeah, man. And he went, you know, you put that upside a pussy and that girl never leave you alone. <laughs> I, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, good advice. <laughs> It was like, totally took me by surprise. And then I went backstage and Buddy's brother was up on a stool, like I'm sitting on a stool now. And, you know, these guys are down home from, from the South, black guys. And literally, I don't know, there must have been eight white girls around him. And many of them on their knees, like he's sitting on a stool, sort of draped on his leg, you know. And he's smoking a joint and he goes, he goes like this, you know. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, no, thanks. And he goes, scared. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, uh, well, no, you know, I, I, I kind of was a little like, oh, wow. I mean, I just didn't, I was a little out of like a fish out of water. But, uh, you know, it was quite ex an experience. But once again, stupidly, I didn't ask them to sit in because I easily could have, you know. Uh, but I got a zillion, I mean, literally a million blues guy stories. We'll do another one where I just, I really have like 20, <laughs> sorry, like, you know, I met Buddy Waters, uh, you know, have, uh, have all kinds of stories about these guys. Howlin' Wolf, 
anyway, yeah. <laughs> but you're free to tell the stories if you want to. <laughs> okay, I'll have to, like, write, I'll have to like sort of, you know, write a list. Now you should tell, you know, the Otis Rush story. Now you have to tell, yeah. <laughs> Um, so my dad had a question. He asked me uh, to ask you if you're still in touch with Billy, your old bass player. Absolutely. I just talked to him like a week ago. And he's doing great. He's in Las Vegas with the, also, you know, he, he, he was um, in the Blue Man group a couple of years before I was. So he, he did like, he's done like 20 years in the Blue Man group. In, in Vegas, and for a while he came over and did tours with me while um, he was still, you know, got time off and did stuff. But he is doing great. He's, he's married, and they have, uh, I don't know, Daphne is, I don't know, eight months old. So he's a dad now. And doing, doing great. He's, he's, a, he's a dear friend. I'm still in touch with, with you know, pretty much all the guys except a couple guys died who i played with andrew frawley the drummer was in a terrible car accident in florida and he passed away some i don't know five ten years ago and rollo rook who did one tour with me a german guy had a brain brain cancer and he died but i'm pretty much in touch with everybody else uh who i played with because you know it was a great Great experience that they're all veterans of foreign mez. Uh, came over here and, and uh, you know, lived like pirates for, for a couple months. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah so. my, my dad told me that the first time he saw you play live, he uh, met up with Billy at the bar after the show and drank a bottle of whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds very likely. <laughs> That was, but that, see, the thing is, for your dad, that was probably a nice thing. But for Billy, it got to be every night. But he's, <laughs> but he's been, you know, I don't know how many years now, close to 20 years uh, sober. Like nothing. So he's fine now. You know, he's, he's absolutely fine. But, but back then, you know, I, I remember when it really came to a head was we, uh, we I, I uh, you know, we were, I was always looking for other venues for us to play. And then uh, a guy uh, contacted me from um, Sweden. And he was really well connected with a lot of gigs. So he booked us a tour in Scandinavia, where we went from like Norway to, to Sweden, uh, over on a ferry to Finland. And it was awesome. You know, it was really fun. But early on in the tour, it became obvious that Billy was, you know, I shouldn't, I mean, a number of guys did this, so it could have been anybody, but, you know, started drinking during the day, you know, you get in the van after, after a full night and uh, start driving to the next gig and the, the Jack and Coke or the, you know, pure Jack uh, gets busted out and like, really fucking 12 noon or, you know, how, how can you even do it? You know, I, it just seemed like, I mean, I enjoy a taste. There's no doubt about it, but not like that. Anyway, but thank God he's completely straightened up. Anyway, I had to talk with him. He was totally professional and totally cool. He's like, yeah, you're right. Fuck it. But it's, he still had to wrestle for a while with it. But he wrestled and he won. So that's a happy story. Yeah, I'm glad he's fine. 
that's good to hear yeah yeah yeah, yeah and um geez i don't know who else i was thinking of a uh there was another another uh, bass player i played with briefly he just came over to do one like six week tour jeff DeRosa, and he um a couple notable things about him he was great a lot of fun he, he came in like last minute because i forget somebody canceled and just couldn't come over anyway he um I, he he was 18 and so i i went over to, to audition people and when um i said I, I called him and said hey man you got the gig you know i know you're really young but you're really good you know and and i think that we can really hit it off and he was like yeah well uh, the thing is you got to come over and meet my mom <laughs> 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 so i had to go over so i had to go over to his house and you know have a cup of coffee with his mom and she's like you know i just want you to know i i don't approve of drugs and uh, and i'm like neither do i you know no drugs and um i don't think she asked about drinking no. so so anyway yeah he was great and, and now he's for the past several years he's been in a band um called the dropkick murphys and they they're all the time uh he but i think they're all sober because they all went through all the shit too another boston band yeah, another drop keep me off is. I think Vince actually saw them. Yeah, uh, I saw them live in Munich a few years what? ago. Yeah, he's been with them for 10 years or something. So you saw yeah. him. He's the guy who plays mandolin, acoustic guitar. He changes up instruments. Okay. He's the young guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's, still, he's still young compared to everybody else. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, sure um we'll do it again sometime I'll, I'll try to i'll try to uh catalog all my crazy insane stories <laughs> yeah sure that <laughs> would be great <laughs> we want to hear all these crazy stories <laughs> i guess i can tell them uh maybe some of the names have got to be changed to protect the innocent <laughs> <laughs> we just have to do like uh, this beep sound over the names whenever they come up <laughs> right and that's and that said. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. yeah. Well, great talking with you guys. I really enjoyed it, and um, looking forward to seeing you sometime down south. Maybe you guys, uh, your band, can be on the same bill. We can. We can that do would a be show great. There. We would love yeah. that. Yeah. Let's well, thank you so much yeah, for taking you. the time today. No problem. Fun, fun, uh, fun hookup. Yeah, and we would love to do this again when, maybe when new music of yours is coming out, and we would love to do another one. Absolutely, and uh, you know when when we got another tour booked down south, I'll, I'll contact you and see if we can promo the shit out of it with you guys. <laughs> sure. Be <laughs> great, yeah. All right. Thanks again. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, thanks. Thank you. Have a Ciao. great day. Bye. You too. Bye. Ciao.